Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. That really was ESPN on ESPN crime. Going after Bart Scott. I may have to take a shot at like, what, Greeny or something here today just to, just so I can fit in. It's Katie and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. 888-729-3776. Or XM Channel 80. Just say it to your smart speaker. Drew, do you have a smart speaker? Do you ever just look at a, at a speaker and tell it to do something for you? I don't have a smart speaker. I don't trust the man. But what I do is I say thank you to Siri every time I ask her to do a task for me. Because I feel like if the revolution is coming... They'll remember who was nice to them. So for people who don't know, and by the way, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. The way, when we fill in, sometimes we end up filling in with people we know, and sometimes we meet people here on the air. So I'm meeting Drew Carter, who does an excellent job on play-by-play. You do like basketball and softball and lacrosse, etc. Here is what worries me about the fact they paired me with you. Your voice, it's too good. Like, you literally, when they draw up someone of who should be on radio, they draw up you. You're like, I'm Drew Carter, the ACC (laughs) Network, ESPN Radio. And then you get me sounding like I'm gargling gravel, and I don't think that's fair because it actually doesn't make me look good, Drew, so I'm going to be a little jealous. I've always been too jealous of Tom Brady for having too good a hair and being too handsome, and now your voice is going to make me jealous here today. MJ, that's, I mean, speaking of unfair, that's totally unfair to yourself. I mean, I know a lot of people have said you sound like doofenshmirtz or whatever from Phoenix. Well, you didn't have Phineas to bring that up. I mean, you didn't I know have, People have what? said that. I'm not. People have said that in the past. I'm not saying that. Thank you, thank thank you, President Trump, for people have said. (laughs) Many people have said that. Many people are saying that you sound like Doofenshmirtz. I'm not. I'm not. That's very kind of you. Thank you. And the beauty of radio is no one can see my face. So if you want to talk about fair, I always say when people tell me, "Hey, you sound like you're on the radio," I say you got to make up for the face somehow. So that's how I do it by just faking it till I make it. Once I take this headset off, Matt. I, he wouldn't even be able to recognize me. I, I'd sound like I sucked in helium. But for the, for three and a half hours, I think I can do an okay job. Well, we will enjoy ourselves here. We got a lot of like they got big time guests for this show. All right, I mean we have we have Marcus Smart coming on here in a little bit. Quentin Richardson, they call him Q, and PJ Carlissimo. I was sitting here thinking, I don't know that I've ever hosted a show on ESPN Radio with more big-time names coming through. Drew, it should be fun over the next few hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little nervous. I mean, we've got all these people joining us. we got PJ coming on in like five minutes to talk about Bulls Raptors, which he's calling on ESPN Radio. I mean, these are monster names. Marcus Smart, he's about to start a quest for a Larry O'Brien trophy, and we got him coming on Canty and Carlin. The good thing about PJ PJ is he's he sounds like me. His voice is not radio like it's not what the radio normally is. And so I feel like he and I will fit in. Well, he is going to be calling the game tonight, which is the nine and ten seeds in the play in tournament. Last night, of course, you had the Atlanta Hawks beating the Miami Heat in a little bit of an upset. 
And then the other game, Lakers and Timberwolves, which I think was like I said Wednesday night at the SEC tournament in college basketball. It was like Vandy playing Ole Miss. It was one of – the fourth quarter was one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. It was oddly compelling. I know you're a Minnesota guy. I'm a Carl Towns guy here in Kentucky. He was here. They almost had a perfect season with him. But I was so disappointed in Carl and Anthony Edwards last night. They scored 12 points in the fourth quarter, only four points in overtime. I know you're a Minnesota guy. How disappointing was that game and that performance by the Timberwolves? Well, here's one thing I'm not disappointed by. I did see you tweet out that that game reminded you of Wednesday at the SEC tournament. I, I love that you say Wednesday at the SEC tournament. I do that, say that's Wednesday. how you know this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to the SEC tournament. If you say Wednesday at the SEC when, tournament, you listen, know Listen, the about. country voice is coming out. I can't hide it. It just is what it is. All right, so l- allow me to bring out the Minnesota voice uh, and say – Typically, we're polite up in Minnesota. People like to talk about Minnesota nice and, oh, yeah, you bet you. Oh, no worries. Yes, worries. Yes, worries for the Timberwolves. That was one of the lowest IQ basketball games I have ever seen, Matt. And, I mean, these are NBA players. These are guys at the top of their game. Carl Anthony Towns, for as great as he played for the majority of the game last night, he was the Wolves' best player, maybe outside of Mike Conley, who we'll get to. But I texted my buddies from home, and I said, how many times are we going to watch Cat do this? get in foul trouble with foolish fouls and then have to play with foul trouble, which he cannot do. He picks up the fifth foul early in the fourth quarter for no reason, MJ. That's what's so frustrating. It was Wildcat on Wildcat crime. It was Cat trying to box out Anthony Davis, and he, like, reverse clotheslined him for some reason to pick up his fifth foul. And then he's, of course, this is what every NBA player does, but it, it's mostly, when I think about it, I think of Carl Anthony Towns. He's it's, the, it's the confused smile, yeah. palms toward the sky. What? Who? Me? Yeah, you? That was an obvious foul. And, and Carl Anthony Towns has been doing this for years. I mean, go back to last season when the Wolves won the play-in game and we threw a parade at Target Center and Pat Bev is on the scores table like Marshall Henderson you mentioned Ole Miss basketball like Pat Bev is pulling a Marshall Henderson on the scores table they win the play in they had a legitimate chance to win that first round series against Memphis if they had a higher IQ I really believe that and Carl Anthony Towns is in foul trouble every game and the same thing is going to happen when they play New Orleans or OKC and it's probably going to be the reason they lose like you waste a great performance from Mike Conley a great performance from Torian Prince they were lights out from three to start that game and then they don't score for the last six minutes. Save three free throws for Mike Conley, because speaking of low IQ, I, Anthony Davis does that. But it was just infuriating. I do think, Carl, NBA fans and media sort of like to kind of criticize Carl. you got to remember, Anthony Edwards was two for like 16 or three yes. for 17 or whatever it was. But what got me, and Kenny Smith pointed this out on the postgame show, is that Carl was – getting switched the Lakers are switching everything because they knew he wouldn't take advantage of it right if he got Austin Reeves on him or Dennis Schroeder he would not go to the block he would shoot 17 foot fadeaways and he's one of the best outside shooting big men ever but still when you're eight inches taller than the guy on you you got to get on the block and score and he wouldn't do it what what would worry me if I'm a Minnesota fan is my two best players by far, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. At the end of the game, it looked to me, Drew, like neither one of them wanted to shoot. 
And you just can't have that. You can't have your two guys that are your franchise be scared of the moment. And I felt like, to be quite frank with you, they both were. It was totally stagnant. It was hot potato on offense. I think in their defense, Carl Anthony Towns had five fouls, which, again, I blame on him for the most part. I blame on Carl Anthony Towns for having the five. And Anthony, Anthony Edwards might have been injured. I mean, he played so badly that it makes me – think he was injured and almost just gonna hope injured. he was injured he had all that tape on his shoulder like I don't really know what that means but he took a huge spill it looked like it was going to be really scary for a second when he was in midair thankfully he's so athletic he contorted his body he could kind of brace himself but it seemed like he was bothered by the shoulder down the stretch and and look here's the thing that actually worries me maybe the most as a Wolves fan I thought they looked better without Gobert last night Oh, the problem. There, there's no problem doubt. was no not defense. That. The problem yeah, was offense because, again, they didn't score for six minutes until Conley hit those three free throws to tie it. Problem was not on offense. or The problem was offense, not defensively. And here's a guy you traded four first-rounders for, a couple of role players. The only thing that gives me – I hate to cut you off, but we got PJ on. Okay, I don't he knows what he's talking about more than I do. Yeah, we got Candy and Carlin. It's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. You can make every moment more. PJ Carlos Mose, ESPN's NBA analyst, and he is going – to be doing the Bulls-Raptors game tonight. And, PJ, I'll ask you about the game. I, we'll get to the Lakers. But real quick, Minnesota. I was, I, I've known Carl Towns since he was a junior in high school. I was so disappointed with his fourth quarter and Anthony Edwards. Were you – I mean, if you're a Timberwolves fan, are you concerned that your two best guys did not show up when it mattered in a game of that importance? Well, if you're a Timberwolves fan, you're concerned, period, because the fourth quarter was – I mean, after playing – it really, you can even give them a pass for the first six minutes. They were in great shape with six minutes to go in the game. Um, and just, you know, uh, to call it a drought, I don't know what the hell you want to call it. It was mind-boggling. Uh, so it had to really uh, concern them. The only thing I'll say is it, it's strange. If you look, uh, Carl Anthony overall had very good numbers. Um, Edwards just had one of those nights. Forget about it. You just kept thinking down the stretch he's going to make one of those threes. But uh, just didn't happen. I, I thought a little bit of it, frankly, even though they, they played with the lead most of the time, I thought a lot of guys played like it was a, an elimination game. I, I've always felt that um, NBA players are not accustomed to playing these one and done for the most part. I know you get a second chance when it's a 9-10 game, but like game sevens, a lot of guys don't show up for game sevens. You know, the great players do, but if you look at the stats last night in both games, even in uh, Atlanta, Miami, some people just, you know, didn't handle the, quote, pressure or whatever you want to call it of these single elimination or virtual sing- single elimination games. Um, I, they were in such good shape um, going into and mid- midway through the fourth quarter. That, that's just got to be a devastating loss. Um, but I, I do think, honestly, I, I think they'll be better with Gobert. I, I really do. Um, you know, the other the other way you can uh, you know win some is to get some stops. So um, they'll be playing at home. I'm assuming he's going to play. I don't know what's going on there. It's been crazy. I know he's suspended for one game, but I assume he's going to play tomorrow. And um, it, it's really it's a sin to waste that good an effort to go on the road against those guys and play as well as they played and, and come up empty. Is got to be really disappointing. 
Well, PJ, as a Timberwolves fan, I don't think I've ever been so frustrated by a performance where someone scores 24 points on 12 shots, puts up 11 rebounds, and has five assists. The thing with Carl Anthony Towns is the, the five fouls, a lot of them seemed avoidable. What was your reaction to his performance last night? Uh, you know, you, you have to say overall he played well for the, you know, the numbers you just talked about, but um, when you're the best player on the team or one of, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to split hairs, but when you're the best player on the team, Fourth quarter, on the road, in a playoff, I still count it as a playoff game, play-in game, whatever you want to call it. That's where you want to step up. That's always been, uh, you know, the criteria, the deciding criteria. You talk about good players and you always go, yeah, but um, what have they done in playoffs? What have they done in, in this case now, play-in games? But um, he did so many things well. You know, you got to say, hey, that that was good. If he had a little bit of help, I mean, you can say whatever you want about Gobert. He's still a, a, an accomplished NBA player. They got no Gobert, and Anthony Edwards has arguably his poorest game of the year, and they're still right there. So it's it's hard to hang too much on on Cat. I think in in that game, you know, I think they'll be happy with him putting those numbers up again if he just distributes them a little better in the fourth quarter and if he stays out of foul trouble. Talking to P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN NBA analyst. Let me ask you a question. I, I, I had this uh, topic on my Sunday show with Myron Metcalf. The, in the West, the Suns are the four seed. So I actually think they're the favorite. So question one, do you agree with that? Question two, let's, ass- let's take them out of the mix. If I had to make you bet who's more likely to make the NBA Finals, the one, two, or three seeds, which are the Nuggets, Grizzlies and Kings, or the five, six, seven, which is the Clippers, Warriors, and Lakers, would you rather have Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Kings, or would you rather have Clippers, Warriors, and Lakers who've had more long-term success than those other teams? Uh, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with Nuggets just because they were they've been good all year. They have to prove they can do it in the playoffs. Uh, I, I just I'm skeptical of teams that don't play well for big chunks of the year. You know, p- some people are saying, "Well, that's what Golden State did last year." I don't think so. Golden State was way better defensively last year than they've been this year. They obviously weren't as bad. No one was as bad as they were on the road, and they finally got healthy right before the playoffs started. Remember a couple of years ago when the Lakers were really down low? I don't know what the hell number they were. And they caught Phoenix or somebody in the first round. I just think it's hard. When you you don't you have a group that hasn't played together all year, you know, for most of the year, and they're going against these other guys. Like I, you know, the reason I favor the teams in the East because for the, pretty much the entire year, Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly were the three best teams in that conference for the entire year. I think Denver and Memphis have been the best teams. I got to put Sack in too, although I don't have faith in Sack in the playoffs, but. Um, but I, I think the teams that have, you know, played most of the 82 games together, particularly the ones that are good on the defensive end, I favor them in the playoffs. But the, the West in particular is a crapshoot this year. I mean, there are so many, you know, games missed by key players, so many teams that were impacted by a trade or, or by something, you know, picking up guys late in the year that you can't figure it out. But I just think the leveler is when you play seven games or it's a best of four usually the team that is a better team, better basketball team, offensively and defensively, they'll find a way to win. It's going to be interesting. I think we'll find out, is it about stars or is it about uh, basketball teams this year in the West? 
Is it like a team that's been together all year and uh, had a better season? Are they better prepared to win in the playoffs than uh, a roster that's got more superstars on it? P.J. Carlissimo joining us here on Canty and Carlin. P.J., you've got Bulls-Raptors tonight in another play-in game. Aside from the fact that you get to work with one of the great Syracuse alumni of all time, Mark Kestesher, what is most compelling about this matchup to you? They're two. They're really unusual teams. They're two of the best defensive teams in terms of points allowed in the league. They do it totally different, totally different ways. Toronto does it. Teams shoot high percentages against them, but they turn them over, so they don't get many field goal attempts. They don't get many free throws, and they're a really good rebounding team. Chicago does it more a conventional way. They hold teams to low percentages, and they do a good job on the boards also. They're two of the best teams in the league at forcing opponent turnovers. Uh, the, the two of them turned their opponents over really well, and yet the three games they played this year, Toronto just killed uh, Chicago in terms of turnover. Chicago turned it over way too much. They were lucky to win one of the three. I think it's who's ever going to take better care of the ball, and I think if somebody shoots it, Toronto's like the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They do so many things well defensively and forcing turnovers and offensive rebounding but they don't shoot the ball well. So in a one-game one situation, um, both of them, it's funny, both of them started the opposite of what you would expect. Toronto couldn't win a home game, and then they've been cooking lately. They've really been well last 12, 15 games. I think they're like 13-2. and two. Um, The Bulls were the opposite. They couldn't win a road game, and then all of a sudden they go like 10-2 and two down the stretch. So I just think it's something's got to give. There's really good players on both teams. Uh, you know, I want to see what, what Pascal and Fred Van Vliet do, and obviously I want to see what DeRozan and Vooch and uh, Zach Levine do. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a really good matchup. I really do. I think it's going to be a good game. P.J. Carlissimo, our NBA analyst, he will be on the Bulls-Raptors tonight right here on ESPN Radio at 630. Thank you very much for the time, and enjoy the game tonight. Matt and Drew, appreciate it. Even with that great Syracuse alum, Testy working with them, I'm going to enjoy it for sure. These Syracuse, these, all these Syracuse uh, journalists went to Syracuse, PJ. To it's it. so annoying. <laughs> it's like they all go up exactly. there and they're cold and they think they're all, we, me and you, we, we gravelly voices, we stick together. Have a good night. I'm with you for sure. There you go. Now, will the biggest move of the NFL offseason even get done? That's an important question that we're going to answer. But first, our good friends at FanDuel have something they want you to know. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash play to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash play. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I'm going to freely admit to you, I don't care where Aaron Rodgers plays football next Great year. Great start to the segment, Matt. That's a, that's Radio 101. I'm just saying because I find him to be arguably the most annoying person in sports. <laughs> like he and Kyrie Irving should fight for the who do I want to hear speak or deal with less. With that said, though, and it's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. He's Drew Carter. I'm Matt Jones. I do recognize – the Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, following in his hero Brett Favre's footsteps, is a very interesting and compelling thing for people. And there's some news. Well, sort of. Adam Schefter, ESPN's senior NFL insider, was on the Adam Schefter podcast, very aptly named, I might add. And here is what he said about the update. Green Bay seems quite content to wait until after the draft to make a trade, and the New York Jets are very happy to use the picks that they have and not trade them to Green Bay, and both sides seem to be stuck in, dug in, and very stubborn in their own stances about what Aaron Rodgers is and isn't worth. And so this standoff that has been going on for weeks now looks like it's going to go on for a little while longer. We just don't know whether it will get wrapped up by or during the draft. It doesn't sound that way right now, but that could just be tough talk from both sides, and one conversation could change that. It does sound like Adam may have done that podcast in the bathroom. But besides that, <laughs> what do you think about the, the the news that maybe the Packers are willing to wait until after the draft to do this with the Jets? I miss when the Adam Schefter podcast was called Know Them from Adam. Remember that? It was like a couple years. Know Them from Adam. Yeah, I I think you get to a point where you're big enough that you don't try to do puns with your name. And Adam's probably done that now. There's no no reason. You just call it the Adam Schefter podcast. People will listen and people will play your sound bites on the radio even when there's no update (laughs) is what it sounds like. You know what's funny, Matt, is this is vintage Aaron Rodgers where it seems to me, it seems to me, Like Aaron Rodgers, again, thought he was the smartest person in the room, thought he was playing 4D chess by going on the Pat McAfee show and telling everybody he wants to play for the Jets, and that has now prevented him from playing for the Jets. Because how can the Packers have any leverage at all when we all know he doesn't want to play there? 
And, and David Bakhtiar was on a podcast, and he said, we've handed the keys. He actually said they've handed the keys to Jordan Love, which was interesting pronoun usage from Bakhtiari, who still is a Green Bay Packer. He said they've handed the keys to Jordan Love. And, and it sounds like Green Bay has no interest in Aaron Rodgers playing for them still. Is it a pride thing? Is it a, they don't have an owner who is going to come in and say, no, we have to trade him now because we have to get something? They have a bunch of people in Wisconsin waving around certificates of ownership saying, hey, I'm a Packers part owner, and you can get them for like five bucks at your local dairy store? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's happening here aside from the fact that Aaron Rodgers torpedoed any leverage his team had. And now they're but at a you, I mean, if you were the Packers, though, there comes a point where you can't keep dating the person who's always saying that they're better than you. I mean, there comes – I mean, like, the Packers at some point have to just say, I can't listen – because Aaron Rodgers, every week he goes on Pat McAfee's show. McAfee is wearing a tank top, and they have a conversation, and every week you don't know – What's gonna? What he's gonna say? He may say something wild. He may like talk about aliens. He may talk about Mars. He may endorse a presidential candidate in Indonesia. And you and the Packers have to deal with it. And there comes a point where I think you just have to say, I can't have this anymore in my life. And if I'm the Packers, I understand. And then what does he do? You're exactly right. He takes away their leverage by saying, I'm going to the Jets. So now you're stuck. I. I am a Bears fan, so my predisposition is not to feel bad for the Packers. But I'm on the Packers' side on this. You just got to let it go. Like, and, and, and he has made it to where he has made it hard for them to get value for him. So if I'm them, I'm fine making him wait. Just wait. We'll deal with it when it happens, and you have to have just – it's your fault, Aaron, not ours. But the problem for Green Bay then is they can't get any immediate help for Jordan Love. Because but if they, they will. They will because the Jet. there's going to come a point where the Jets need him as badly as the Packers need to get rid of him. Isn't that going to happen at some point? But then what are the Jets going to – are they going to trade Garrett Wilson in a package know. for Aaron Rodgers? No. Well, you're I mean, not going to get value. I mean, you're not going to – but in the NFL, you almost never get equal value in trades. It's basically just about deciding how much of the cap you want to put towards a person – and I think it makes sense to just go in another direction right now. You're, you're, you're right that value is not a thing that exists in NFL trades. Look at what the Lions just did in the Packers division. They just traded Jeff Okuda, who was their third overall pick a couple of years ago, to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick. But that because value, make any sense. Again, value is not the issue. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. That that's, yeah, I agree with you. Space. They need yeah. to decide what's more important right now, getting what they see as fair value for – a guy who last year was a back-to-back MVP, or getting rid of him and fully, as David Bakhtiari says, handing the keys over to Jordan Love. Look, if I'm if I'm Brian Gutekunst, if I'm Murphy, if whoever's really making the final decision there, there's no hurry until draft day. I agree. If you get if you get to draft day and, and you're sitting there saying oh, we still have this guy who we have to pay sixty million dollars and we're not getting anything for him. At that point, it might be time to pull the trigger because you're right, Matt. You're not going to get value, and banging your head against the wall is not doing you any good right now. I think Aaron Rodgers – I was at the Masters last weekend, and I think Aaron Rodgers and Phil Mickelson should wrestle each other for whose public persona has gotten worse in the last three years. Three years ago, you could have taken Aaron Rodgers and Phil Mickelson and said, when you all retire, you will be the grand masters of your sport. You can call every game. You can be in every ceremony. Everyone loves you. And in three years, 
Phil Mickelson looks like the middle-aged dad that's going through a divorce buying a sports car, and Aaron Rodgers is so exhausting that no one wants to hear him talk, and they both did it to themselves, and I find it actually kind of fascinating. But well, I mean Phil, that I mean Phil, that the nicest way possible, though. I mean, hopefully Aaron Rodgers isn't malnourished wearing all black every time we it see was, him. It was in pouring rain, Drew. It was pour. I went on Saturday. It was raining so hard. My toes were pruning, and Phil Mickelson was still wearing sunglasses. And I was like, dude, come on. They help with the migraines, man. They help with the migraines. You can (laughs) stop the sunglasses in the two inches of rain. Now, coming up later tonight, the Pelicans are going to try to stay alive still without Zion. At what point do we just say, look, is this going to work? That's next here on Katie and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. That was uh, Chris Carlin, one of the voices you heard there of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I'm Matt Jones. He's Drew Carter. And I actually thought Chris Carlin said something that was very uh, astute there. He said, Zion is almost a myth. And Zion's been almost a myth, really, his entire basketball life, going back to high school. You know, he was one of the big YouTube sensations you would hear about this guy named Zion, and here's his mixtape. And then he went to Duke, and he was probably the biggest college basketball star at the time since maybe Anthony Davis. And then he blew his shoe out, and everybody remembers that. And then he's the first pick, and he's had some amazing games. But he is – there is sort of a legend of Zion, less than Zion the performer. And now Zion says physically he's fine, but he's not Zion. And I don't totally know what that means. But here were his comments about playing for the Pelicans in the play-in tonight. A little bit of a mental battle. Because, uh, you know, when I uh, re-aggravated it back in February, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it was tough. So... When I go to make certain moves, there is that hesitation. Sometimes there's not, but sometimes there is. And uh, I understand the magnitude of these games coming up, and I don't want to be out there hesitating or doing something that may affect my team in a bad way. So when you hear that, Drew, and you hear him say, I want to be Zion before I'm Zion, and he says that he's hesitant to make moves, et cetera, but there is a play-in game tonight that is for the Pelicans basketball lives for the year what do you do if you're the pelicans and do you think we will ever actually see the myth of zion realized 
Well, first of all, what I'd say to him is, hey, man, uh, don't worry about hindering the team because you won't do that. (laughs) When you step on the floor, no matter what percent you are, you will be their best player. That's that's the reality. That's how good Zion is. That's why he's become a myth, Matt. The guy's 22 years old. This is his fourth NBA season. Really, it's more like his second if you consider the amount of games he's played. Didn't play all last year. Hasn't played since January this year. But he's still so young. I I do not think it is time for the Pelicans to give up on him. Who's going to win MVP this year? Probably Joel Embiid. And he played sparingly when he was this age as well. I would ask myself this question, though, if I'm New Orleans. Do I think Zion is more Embiid? Or do I think he's more Ben Simmons? Because Joel Embiid, clearly it was a physical problem with his body, and he has proven to be one of, if not the best players in the NBA, when he actually is healthy. For the Ben Simmons thing, it started as a physical injury that seemed to morph into a mental battle for him, which is the same verbiage that Zion used in that soundbite we just heard. And now Ben Simmons seems like a shell of himself, and I don't think anyone would be buying Ben Simmons stock right now. It'd be like buying Bitcoin or Dogecoin, which maybe is going to bounce back now that it's a Twitter logo, whatever. Bitcoin's not doing as badly as you think. Maybe maybe it's going to bounce back. It's not as bad as Ben Simmons is doing. Uh, Yes. But Zion, I, I still have hope for him. And look, man, it's confusing. He says he's been cleared, but doesn't want to play until he can feel like Zion. He has a hamstring strain, Matt. I mean, what? What is that? What does that even well, mean? Well, I actually, first of all, I think you make a very good point about how even half Zion would still be a huge impact uh, on the game, and I think that's very important. I, I wouldn't give up on him, so I disagree with Chris Carlin on, on, on giving up. But I am starting to give up on the idea of Zion being what we all thought he would be. Okay, I mean, we all thought Zion has this chance to be a revolutionary player, right? Like the way people are talking about Wimbanyama right now We were talking about Zion like that three years ago. We were like, okay, what if LeBron was stronger and bigger? That's kind of how people were talking about him. I I, I mean, that's not going to happen. Do you agree with that? Like, that's that's gone. I'm not giving up on that. You really think that there is a version of Zion that is a transformational NBA player? Well, because what does that even mean, though, Matt? Like, when we've seen him, he has been a top 15 NBA player. Okay, top 15. But has he been what we thought Zion would be? I still think he can be. Yeah, he was exactly what we thought he would be. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have for the next 10 years, would you rather have Zion or would you rather have his fellow draft mate, John Morant? For the next 10 years. I, I, you're the GM. I give it to you today. I love that we can still get – we can still squeeze more radio content I'm asking out of you, though, do debate. you think – but, but no, I don't – it's not radio content. I think I would trade Zion for the vast majority of really good players in the league right now. Would you rather have Zion or Anthony Edwards for the next 10 years? You'd rather have Anthony Edwards. You'd rather have John Morant because you don't know what you got with Zion. You have no right. idea what you have. And, Matt, I just – it's confusing. The befuddling part about the whole Zion situation is I go back to when he was a Duke. He seemed like an awesome teammate. He blew his foot out of his shoe and was injured and was back pretty soon after that dominating again. I agree. That's true. So he, he seemed pretty resilient when he was in I college. I don't think he seems like a bad dude at all. No, but, but that's I, why this is so confusing. I agree, and that almost makes me worried more because yeah. it feels like there's something there – that you just can't put your finger on. 
And I, 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 it's interesting. You really believe there still is a mythological Zion out there to come to fruition? I do. Because wow. okay. Matt, even this season, before he got hurt, and again, we haven't seen him in three months, shooting 60-plus percent from the floor. He's how many 25 games? points what is per that, game. 20 games? 15 20, games? 29 games on his basketball reference right now. Played 29 I mean, games this year. But what good does that do me? What good does it do to me to have a guy that plays 29 games magically and then I'm about to play to go to the playoffs and he's not feeling Zion so he doesn't play? You're just mad he didn't go to Kentucky. <laughs> he should have gone to Kentucky. <laughs> he would have been better at Kentucky even than he was at Duke. But I'm I, getting over that. I'm still holding out hope. I, I am not we'll closing the book on but a 22-year-old Uber talent. Well, let's see what Quentin Richardson thinks about Zion and more. We're going to bring him on and see if he agrees with us that the Zion thing is mysterious. And Zion should have gone to Kentucky. He would have been good here. It's Candy and Carl. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.